1: Looking for adventure in 2023? How does island hopping in Thailand sound? What about marveling at waterfalls in Iceland? Or tapas with your new BFFs in Seville? What about discovering the world with an awesome group of 18 to 35? Explore all of this and more with Kintiki. You'll sleep in the coolest accommodation and learn from local guides and experts. Visit Kintiki.com. That's C-O-N-T-I-K-I.com to book your next adventure. Kintiki, Travel together.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome along to the Wednesday Ascetic State of Mind Bulletin. I'm your host this afternoon, Colin Watt, not Kevin Graham. Um unfortunately Kevin's had to pull out at the last minute. We don't know if it's COVID related or if it's an injury relation, but we'll get some injury transfer news <laughs> further down the line to see maybe he's left his Brian. Surely Kevin hasn't abandoned ship.
4: No, no, surely not. Surely he's not got a transfer to the big club down south. Um it's been good. There's been a bit of squad rotation the past couple of weeks with Natasha replacing you. Um and then Kev's just Kev's done a bump for the day, but I'm sure he'll be back shortly.
5: What did you call it back oh, where, where 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 did you grow up, Brian? Uh, Pollock. Pollock. What, what was it called in Pollock if you missed school? Doggin' it. Doggin it. See, we called it skidgin' it. Skidgin' it? So, skidgin' it, aye. So oh, officially yeah, I here we are. It, I don't. I, I wouldn't tell anyone now that when I was a wee guy, I used to dog it. <laughs> Are you dogging schools got a bit of different terminology nowadays. But uh, let us know in the comments what it was if you deliberately missed school. We'll bring up some of the best ones. Um, if you get any questions as well ahead of um, what is a exciting weekend of football, bring them up, and we'll go. We're going to let you guys sort of dictate what the agenda will be today. Uh, Lanky sixty seven coming in to say. That He's from Pollock, born in Leafy, so you go, Brian. You've got another fellow dogger there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're only a minute in and we've already spoke about that. Right. Uh, and he's actually come in to say that he was dog in school. He was famous for it. Magnus 67, uh, Skyven. Aye, Skyven, we call it that Aye, one. Aye. Uh, Stephen, what we got here? Anthony Patrick, plucking it. Plugging it, plugging it's got a totally different meaning down here as well. Uh,
4: that's a very violent connotation where
5: I <laughs> think when we But, but uh, what, what we got here, we've got pry as well, as a, a Gurokian skidging it here as well. Aye. That's uh that's more what we knew it from. So that's officially what um Kev's doing today, he's either dogging it or skidging it or uh plugging it apparently. But we'll we'll see. He can come back and tell us next week.
4: He's maybe plugging the schedule while
5: he's dogging <laughs> Well, I mean that's a lot to be doing at lunchtime. But if there's any man that could do it, it's Kevin Graham. Brian, I wasn't here last week. How was it without me?
4: Uh, it was good, mate. We, we flew a Natasha as the last minute replacement. Um, so it was uh, it was good while well, you were sunning yourself and and um, one of your, your very very many vacations. Uh, but <laughs> all all good, it all really eventually well. It was a good, funniest Dublin on a Wednesday.
5: Aye, it was good to see you. I watched back and I saw a bit of the slagging and apparently I was a, a cheat at the quiz as well, but uh, I'm not having that. I, I wouldn't go to such slanderous terms. Natasha Miko knows better. Um, <laughs> no, it was good to to see you guys last week as I was uh, sunning it up in Lanzarote and a shout out to the, the owners of the, the Bar 67 over there. If anyone's ever over in Puerto del Carmen, definitely check it out. Guys have spent a lot of money doing the place up and it's definitely a a place for um, Celtic fans to go and visit. Great food, great atmosphere and there's about, I don't know, 12 to 15 TVs so you're never going to miss a minute of the action. So it's great to see that over there. Um, But look, let's get back on to what uh, Kevin was going to be talking about um, and that is the future of Karamoko Dembele ahead um, of what we believe is his contract expiring at the end of the summer. Brian, we spoke about this and the two of us had quite an interesting argument a couple of weeks ago about who had the brighter future at Celtic Football Club. Was it Ben Doak or was it Karamoko Dembele? You were very vocal at that point on Ben Doak. We've since seen um, Ange Postacoglo come out and say that the players that are involved in his squad at the moment are the players that he focuses on um, and players that he believes has a future at the club. We've now seen that the word has come out that Ben Doak could be making the move down south to Liverpool at a nominal fee of around £150,000 is the, the the talk. And the wages, if you listen to the wages, it's meant to be somewhere in the region of um, five figures a week, which for a 16-year-old is absolutely incredible. Looking at it ahead now, if we, could, but could we go, if we were to go back and have that conversation, do you still think of the two of them, and I'm not talking about as a, a Celtic player, but as a footballer, who has the brighter future out of the two of them now?
4: Uh, obviously, the brighter the future would be Karimoko because he's the only one that's still here. But in terms of actual player, I still think Dwoke who has got the, the the sort of wider skill set. I think you, you see him; he's already like quite a physical presence for a, a, a young guy. Um, he's quite robust. He's strong. And The fact that Liverpool are in for him, you know. I remember Karimoko. Um, he was linked to everybody he, for, a, for a period of time in his youth but it never went anywhere and his contract set to expire. Um, I thought he made a really good cameo. I, I texted you and, and said you know, it was a decent shout by So I thought he made a, a very good cameo against Undie United. I thought it looked effective and smart um, but very, very slight still. So, that that would be a concern for me in the modern game just because and I know people see you guys like Messi and you've got little guys and stuff and I get it but if you look at the law averages, especially in England, people are so they're so strong, so physical, they're sort of they're almost elite athletes first and then players. And I do worry about the physicality of London Belly. That being said, it does give me hope that I see something in him because he's been playing him in the squad. Um and I hope then that and I think I said the other week it's a two way street. If Karimoko wants to stay, then there's a place for him. But I've, I've, he's, he's not going to try and convince him which I think is the right approach because he, we've seen in the past what happened that are at the club and, and are angling for a move or don't want to be there so I, I think that's the right call to see what the, the player wants to do and it reminds me actually, do you remember when Brian Christie before he left
3: mm-hmm.
4: and I thought will he, want he and he got the armband one day Yep, and it seemed like it was a, a vote of confidence to say look if you stay I value you and obviously Ryan, Ryan moved on to Bournemouth, and, and fair enough, but and I wonder if it's a similar situation with Kari Moko, where Anja's saying, look, I, you will feature under me, I'm not going to you know, give you any nonsense about it. You get some game time, you get more next season, but only if you want to be here. So it could be a clever tactic for Anja, and it wouldn't be the first time.
5: Yeah, I mean, I remember that game where Christie was given the armband, and I think everyone was sort of under the... Um, awareness that it was going to be going on, but it was someone that if there was any possibility to keep him at the club, Ange was desperate to do so. Um, What we've heard coming out of a a meeting that some of the, I think it was Club Celtic were at last night, some of the Club Celtic members were at at Celtic Park last night, um, which was a sort of Q&A with Ange Postacoglu, is that Celtic have made quite a, a strong effort and Ange himself He's made quite a strong effort to convince Ben Doak to stay at Celtic Football Club, but it does seem as though he will be moving on. And from that point, I think that's when you started seeing Ben dropping out of the first-team squad. Um, he's been back down to play for the B team, uh, and Karamoko's been given his opportunity. And the fact that he's still in there, it does suggest that his future is still open. But like yourself, I'd like to see him been given the opportunity to prove himself because he's someone who... Broke into Celtic with such high expectations. You saw him at youth level. He was always on these highlight videos. He made it to the um, reserve team at, what, 13, 14 years old. And I know that was against Brendan Rodgers. as the Brendan Rodgers klaxon. Seven minutes in, that might be the earliest one yet. Um, But that was against his better wishes at the time because he was talking about the development. Um, And now you have saw him. He's broke into the team. A lot of people always said he's small, he's slight. He's not quite got the same ability to to step up and get into the first team and take on these elder statesmen that he comes up against. But I I thought he put a good shift in the other night, on Monday night. Anytime I've seen him, I think he's that sort of burst of energy that you need, especially when you look at the way that Celtic's been playing this time. um, After sort of 65, 70 minutes, the subs that we can bring on, they're never really a burst of energy. They're really a sort of containment guys like McCarthy when he came on, or Deguchi when he came on. There's never anybody that you're talking about um, taking them taking them on and exploiting the space that will be left behind. And I think Karamoko did that on Monday night.
4: I think so. And I think the, the interesting thing with, with Karamoko, if he does stay, will, for the sake of the discussion, we'll assume he's staying right because we don't know anything different at this stage. I think what he does is he's so different from our other wingers. Like, Jota is kind of not really a traditional winger. He's a bit more direct and. More of a second striker. Forrest is very much a typical wire. He's out wide. You could argue his pace is going or not. Um, Jota's got sort of tricks and flicks and cutting them in and out. Kanamoko more of a, a sort of and really good with the ball at his feet, and he likes to sort of move inside as well, which would probably benefit the way Ange plays. So it's good to have, you know, that option and that's something different because it's a different prospect for people to deal with. And, you know, if you're a, if you're a defender and you've been chased after a bad I say, for seventy minutes. Mm-hmm then Dembele comes on it's he, a, a totally different player you're marking it's not just a different winger when it. it's a completely different way of playing and I think that could be a, an advantage the other thing is and I suppose the flip side of the physicality thing is that he will win a boatload of fouls. yeah and then around the box he can guarantee it um, so again with that in mind th- there is benefits there and I just think that at the moment like I think there's I don't mean to kick his head in, because I, I I have given praise in the past, but you look at when Michael Johnson, Mikey Johnson came on at Karimoko at the same time, the decision-making from Karimoko at every turn was better. They get some similar positions at times, but Mikey still has that moment where he's not sure whether he's like a or twist or cross. Or, it, it's quite a lot of hesitation. His final ball is really, weird,
5: really but, something that he needs to work on.
4: Yeah, whereas Karimoko, he seemed quite, he seemed to have his mind made up where the pass was going or where his run. There's a much more uh, definitive action about him. And he is still only a kid. Although we've known about him for so long, it feels like he's been around the club for years. Makey Johnson, 22. Caramel goes with, stunt 18. Is that right? Mm, yep. So, I mean, that's a, that's still a big difference there. So, for me, he would be a, a, a better option. I think he could contribute to the squad.
5: Studs Lanigan came in with the Axon Grandes, saying that plunking was a term used in the 1920s and 30s. It's good to see we've still got viewers around from that era as well. Good to have you along, Studs. Um, no, the, the, the reason we're bringing up Karamoko is you look ahead to this game on Saturday. Now, James Forrest came off with what looked as if it was a bit of a niggle. We don't know whether Abada will be back in time for the game. Jota could potentially be missing as well. And this game against Ross County at the weekend is potentially one of these opportunities that Karamoko Dembele could step up and show his value to Celtic Football Club and show why he is deserving of a new contract. Um, but he is one that sort of splits the fan base. We've got Raymond Carr here saying, Karamoko looked really bright when he came on, could be a handful for some of the defenders in the league and a huge threat from the bench. I think eventually he'll want to be the one to start, considering the sort of build-up he's had, but it, it, he is, if he stays patient, he'll get that opportunity, I think, as well. Uh, Stevie Boy saying nobody should be persuaded to stay at a club if they think they can do better um, than a club with the stature of Celtic. Don't let the door hit their uh, backside on the way out. Uh, Brown Warrior, um, this is the one that always comes up as well. Was, it's the comparison to Islam Farouz and the way that his career went. Now, as far as I'm aware, Islam Farouz now is retired at 23, 24, and he's making um, a hat cut, he's making hats. Now, now, good luck to him if that's what he's doing, but he was another one who, it was Tommy Burns who fought for him and his family to stay in the country. Um, he was going to be uh, deported And then he put all their faith into him. He played in the the Tommy Burns tribute match uh, and then basically disappeared. The the money came from down south and that was him. Um, So you're kind of hoping that this isn't the same way that Karamoko Dembele goes. Uh, And the the kind of point here is probably nail on the head from the Dickey Only Karamoko Dembele can resurrect Karamoko Dembele's career. Now, (coughs) apologies, I agree with that. And I think that if he's given the opportunity the first time he can do that is this Saturday.
4: Yeah, I agree with that to an extent. I think the difference in coaching, I think, you know, he looks like a type of player who would benefit under coaching under Ange than he did maybe under, under Lennon. Um, so a, a different coach can encourage him. It depends the type of player. I mean, I think Islam Farouk is the type of, he's the cautionary tale, isn't he, for, for youngsters in football? Of you've got the one with your feet, the grass isn't always greener. Um, but I also think he's a bit of an exception to the rule. Really, um with with Kanamoko, I think that if he starts to think Anj can make me a better player than I am, that may be a more important decision than whether I want to stay at Celtic, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So I think that it really depends on and how he how he shows up and what he does. Regarding the Ross County game, I would start him as well. But
5: <clears throat>
4: I think only if Abada and Jota aren't fit. Because I think Ross County games are a much harder game than we, 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 we're, we're assuming. They for a decent season, actually. Malcolm McKay's done quite a good job with him. He's definitely,
5: he's definitely turned them around from where they were earlier on in the season. And a lot of that's down to the performances of Egan Charles-Cook, a guy who's out of contract in the summer, and I can see him making a bigger move from that. I mean, if you look at the, the sort of, what is it, between 4th and 10th, in the Premier League at the minute, there's only three or four points between it all. That's how close it could be. You don't know. You're struggling to predict who the top six are going to be because you just don't know. There's a couple of teams of games in hand and stuff like that. This is the closest I can remember our league ever looking. This is the way that the Championship used to look every single season, and now it's the
4: Premiership. Uh, it's good, but it's a, a it's an indication that it's it's getting harder and teams are getting a wee bit better That the gap's closing. So you full. mindful. Um, But again, the reason I I was still playing was because I think that as well as being able to play for Celtic in terms of ability, you've got to be putting that jersey in hand with the pressure. And I'm not one that's, I know a lot of people say, oh, you can't really put young players in right away, blah, blah, blah. blah. But I just think if you're going to thrive at the club, the mentality is almost just as important as any physical. And if you can go take that pressure against a a team that's going to sit in, try and break them down, you're you're the creative player, so the onus is very much on you. Mm-hmm. Regardless, of how these they are, if they're playing for Celtic and are wearing that jersey, they have to be able to handle that pressure. So I, I, I wouldn't really hesitate to put them in. But again, I would rather have likes of a and Jota. I think at this stage.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.
4: I'm not the hugest fan of rotation within our team anyway, unless some of these particularly bad. I think that you should wear will always play your strongest to especially now though with this running we've got. That I don't think there's any... Uh, I mean, look, Ange knows far better than me, but I just think that there's no real margin for error The now. And I think your strongest team, your strongest 11 plays, um, however, I wouldn't have any taste now of throwing him in if I bad, that doesn't make
5: it. It's interesting, Ryan McGinley comes in to say Jota and Abadda will be fine for the weekend, says Ange. Now, I'd love to trust Ange 100% and say that that's exactly what it's going to be, but I mean, I think Ange likes to keep everybody on their toes and um, saying they'll be fine. I mean, Marcus was meant to be fine for the other week and he missed out a couple of games in a row. So you, you just never know. We'll see what happens on the day. Um, it's, for me, if he's given the opportunity on Saturday, this is sort of his big it's the biggest one he's had, certainly. Obviously, we had the, the opportunity when um, there was the players out with the, the COVID incident around going to Dubai last year and he was given a, a couple of games to show what he was he could do. But now he's been here another year. He's got another year under his belt. He's come back from this injury. He did look as though in pre-season he was going to be someone who was given time. He's been given some chances off the bench so far. I just think if you've got a player like that, I mean, take a look back to Anthony Ralston at the start of the season and how his Celtic career was pretty much over. Now he's got another four or five-year deal. He's, there's talk about why is he not in the Scotland squad. He's, there's talk of him potentially being up for player of the year, things like that. It just shows you if you're given your opportunity and you take it, there's a, a big, big chance that you can be a key member of this squad.
4: Yeah, well, you get the impression that Andrews is receptive to that. You know, I think if you see somebody trying and playing well and taking the opportunity, I think that's kind of his mantra. It mm-hmm. seems like the type of guy who, just in life, you know, if he's given a chance, expects to take it. I don't think he's going to make excuses for, for players. I mean, if you look at, you know, just Ralston, look at you know the difference in Rodjick, look at the difference in, in Beton. You know, Beton maybe got a couple of more chances just because he's experienced in the squad, but he takes chances as well. Beton, by and large, has not let Anstown at any point. Maybe both of them games aside.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: So I think that's accurate, and it goes back to my point earlier about his um, decision making um, regarding his, his stay I think if he goes well, this guy's going to make me better and if he makes me much better I can get an even bigger move so even if he's got an internal desire that he might be trying something different he still might think actually I'm enjoying my football there's clever players about me there's something special happening here this guy's going to get me to a different level it might be worthwhile hanging on for at least another year so it may not be just the love of the club or, or the fact he's been here so long that keeps him it may be the fact that and the lure of playing under him and developer under him is something and I think that I think you could put that bracket on guys like Jordan and CCV as well. I think you know I know a lot of the focus has been on the the Champions League money and if they are in the Champions League group stages that's going to be key for them. But a guy like Jordan particular he might think actually this guy's making me a better player. If you know I can improve in what is already a quite spectacular skill set. I can get an even bigger move to a, a, a bigger club or a, or a bigger league rather. Um, so I think the, the coach as well as the club have got such a massive saying things because you have to think, um, I mean, I saw an article about Fringpong the other day. Making mm-hmm. I mean, you imagine that? he would have been on the ranch mm-hmm. just a season apart? And I know we don't like to talk about ex-players, I, I get it, but you, you always think about these things and you think, well, Maybe the coach is just as important as the club because apparently, I mean, most players that have left Celtic said they didn't really want to leave Celtic. They loved it there, but career wise, there was other opportunities, whether that being a financial, or a chance to um, improve themselves as players. So it's not just the allure of the club; it's the people in it. And I think Ange, you know, listen, we spoke loads about him. He's the he's the absolute best guy to have as a custodian in the club. I mean, you just you could run through a wall for him. You watch any interview, you're
5: suddenly kind of inspired. So you can only imagine how these young guys playing under him must feel. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking about the, the sort of young players and the young players that have moved on over the last couple of years, and everyone knows the sort of the Barry Hepburns, the Liam Hugheses, and it does look as if Ben Doak's going to be the next one to, to add to that list. And it sort of asked the question, and we've been speaking about it in the group chat over the last couple of days, as to what is the best way for Celtic to entice young players to stay at the club? Is it through showing them there's a pathway into the team? And is that pathway through the continuation of the Celtic B team in the Lowland League? There is discussions ongoing at the minute for both Celtic B and Rangers B to continue in the Lowland League this season. Um, as it stands, I believe Celtic B are sitting second behind the champions, Bonnie rigg um, which shows you that they are very competitive at that level. But the question that was kind of kicking about our group chat is, is that a competitive enough level? Because if you take a look at it, whoever Bonnie, if Bonnie Rigg was to go up this season, I don't know who they'd be playing in the Highland League, Celtic would probably be seen as the second best team in that league. They can't get any promotion, so they can't go to League Two. Is playing against the Lowland League side week in and week out enough for, say, someone like Boston Lowell or Rocco Vata or Joey Dawson um or Johnny Kenny who signed in January? to be given enough game time to then say, well, do you know what? We're actually really short of strikers, so Kenny, you're in, or uh, Dawson, you're in, or we're we're struggling in the midfield, so Rockwell, here's your chance. Is that the the time, or are we saying now, it's all right them playing in that league, but they still need to get experience at a higher level, and potentially the next thing is looking to get a loan manager in to kind of develop these guys' careers a bit further? Yeah, so I think
4: there's pros and cons to both, so... We'll, we'll start off positive, we'll do the pros. I think the, 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 the good thing about them playing, and the, the, playing in the low league is that they'll get toughened up, certainly right. They're going to be in real competitive games, which you know I think if you ask most players, they prefer a competitive game over a reserve game or a training session. They like the actual competitiveness of it, so that's a, a benefit. The fact that the B team's can't been playing a very similar system to the way Ange plays, or the close approximation of it, that serves them in good stead for making the transition right into the first team. And the fact they're still at the club, even though they're playing in the low league, I think the large majority of them are training with the first team. Mm-hmm. they do have to take that step up, it's a lot you know, easier than if they go on loan, So you know, you're you playing for Celtic B squad like Dean Murray, I'm always championing on about. Um, apparently he's quite near a first-team call-up, he's been training for his first team. So he's doing well because he's playing so if he goes into the first team in the round, I'll always only be playing the Lowland League. He's been playing a system that's Celtic play. He's training with the first team and it's a much easier step to get straight in. Whereas if he was went alone to Motherwell or went alone to I don't know, Northampton, he's playing a different system. He's not in the club's eye every day. He's not training mm-hmm. the same players. So there is a there's an argument you can make for, for both. Um the negatives of it is the fact that yeah, the, the league standard is poor. So, while well, they'll improve physically, they're probably not going to improve technically too much. You're really relying on the training sessions. And the the, the flip side is, is Ange going to look at anyone in the B team playing against, you know, say Rick, for example, and think, wow, they could do it against, you know, someone in the, the Champions League? That's that's the question. So it really depends on what's happening at training and what the structure of the, the club is. I don't think um, we know enough about the pathway system yet other than the fact that Ange by all accounts has basically got the the, the B team players training the same way as the first team mm-hmm. playing the same sort of system which should in theory allow them to just step in but we don't know what discussions are happening behind the scenes Himi. I said to three or four of them look, keep playing the way you're playing you might get a chance next season when we let a bunch of players go we might need to beef up the squad we may not have the funds to, to buy you know five players that are gonna be squad players. We might want you guys to be the squad players instead of build on that and train. We really don't know. So there's positives and negatives for both. Um, but what's clear is I don't think the situation we have with young players leaving is much different from any other club, if I'm honest. A lot been made of the fact we don't have a clear pathway and stuff, and I do get it, but you know, Hibs players have been leaving for years young players getting poached, you know, players at Fulham have been getting poached. You know, it, it, all, it always happens unless somebody can get, a unless he's nearly got A, you know, like the Ben Doak, he's not going to go into Liverpool's first team, but what he's going to get is a, a much higher standard of living with the wages. Yep. Even in reserve games, he's going to chain with probably better players that as good players available and he's playing in some excellent facilities. So he might never play, he might never kick it off at Liverpool but this is still probably a good move for him for his career because he's never going to guarantee to walk into the Celtic team next season anyway. So I think you need to look at each case in isolation and say, I mean, if a player these the Celtic youth team, say if Karim Oakwood says he's not state Celtic mm-hmm. and he goes to MK Dons, you have to think to yourself, well, the facilities are not as good, the club profile is not as good, that seems like a downstep. If he goes to, now we know Chelsea now, but if it goes to, say, Man United, and he's he's playing even if he doesn't get a game for them he's still going to learn a lot and maybe still work at a decent level so I think he need to take it at a case by case basis but I don't think as much as it's frustrating if you really looked at every club and had this conversation I think you see similar things sort of coming to uh, the forefront.
5: Interested to see what you guys' thoughts are on the B team um, ahead of potentially being in the Lowland League for a further season. Um, Just before we bring up some of the comments, going to some advertising to do... um, The B team are getting the chance to play at Celtic Park in a couple of weeks' time in a Glasgow Derby against the Rangers B side. Uh, Tickets are on sale now. You can get them from e-ticketing at Celtic. um, £10 for adults and £5 for concessions. I believe it's a Tuesday or Wednesday night game, so it'll the lights at Celtic Park and you'll get to see some of these players like Karamoko Dembele, like Ben Doak, like Um, Rocco Vata getting the chance and seeing what the future of Celtic really is and also any season ticket holders have until 2pm today to get their free ticket to see the Celtic women's team playing at Celtic Park which is next Saturday, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff for that one um, as Celtic women take on Hibs women Um, so a chance to maybe take your kids along to to that one, I know Fran Alonso is very excited at the prospect of playing in front of a big crowd I think the challenge is to see if we can get the biggest women's crowd in Scottish football and if there's a fan base that can do that it's certainly the Celtic fan base so you have until 2 o'clock today to get your free tickets and then I believe they'll be going on sale um, for non-season ticket holders so worth checking that one out Um, Thoughts on the B team coming in. First one here from Billy Subs Grant. If all teams play the same system, it makes no difference. I think that's what you're saying here. It's not all teams in the same league. It's the teams from the first team to the B team to the under-19s to the under-17s. As long as they're playing the same sort of structure, then you see that. I don't think Celtic did do that beforehand, um, mostly because I don't think Celtic had a a set structure beforehand. It was sort of done on a game-by-game basis. Underwater cabbage salesman comes in to say we need the B team. We can discuss the standard, yes, but regular games are better than a game or two a month. Utilize the Lowland League and loans until we can get the B teams promoted. Now that is part of the thing. It's like the B teams seem to be stuck in this sort of it's going to be the Lowland League and that's that's where it's going to be. And that's down to the the thoughts of other teams in Scottish football that's not down to Celtic or Rangers that's just the way that we are looked at by the rest of Scottish football and that's unfortunately a sad state of affairs because Gary Melrose brings up a good point to say that at times the Lowland League is pointless, we need the B team development team playing through the leagues, no promotion to the Premiership like Spain, then injured players can feed back into, I think that's sort of what Celtic's ultimate goal would be but it's trying to convince the rest of Scottish football that that's the way because you know they'll say, "Well, if if we can do it, how come Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen can't do it?" Put the money into it. I think in the terms of Scottish football, money talks.
4: I absolutely. I think it's a a good idea, but as I say, with every scenario, there's there's positives and negatives. Um, and I think I would rather. I think if it was my personal choice, I would rather keep the playing in the Lowland League. And that's the system Ange plays because, as you see, it is so decisive and so clear that everyone plays the same. I don't think loans are hugely beneficial in this particular system. Like, I don't think you see Liam Shaw or Urihiri playing for Celtic again. If I'm honest, I'll make a bold statement, but I just don't see it. I don't see what Liam Shaw will learn at Motherwell that he's going to, not going to learn at Celtic because the Slack has to reach in, in the same system anyway, so I'm not 100% sold on that. Although, of course, I'd be delighted if it was the case. Um, the other aspect of young players coming through that I think sometimes we forget about is, you know, what happens if they make mistakes? So what happens if Ange brings through, like, say, three youngsters at the start of the next season? They may all go, oh, brilliant, he's bringing through the youth, that's great. And they have shockers for the first couple of games. Does he drop them and they'll play them again? Does he keep giving them a chance even though they're for the flurry? How Does that affect their confidence? Are the fans going to get on them? So there's other aspects to that as well. Would Southie fans be able to... Be willing to say well we drew the day because we played the team of youngsters that's alright or would it be you play for Celtic you can never draw so would we we're asking for you know young players to come through and play a part of the team and meld in but are we going to be patient enough to to trust that process and see that out and that's something to consider as well because Celtic are only like other clubs we know that we need to win all the time mm-hmm. that's not harder for the breakthroughs so that's why the lights are James Forrest and Callum McGregor are so impressive because they come in quite young, and sort of and, and sort of had that mentality and, and weren't phased, and luckily they were on a, a decent side that were running. If they'd come on a team that was really struggling and been really poor, would we have had the patience to see them develop? And I think that's a question we need to be honest with ourselves about and say, you know, because I, I really I'm a big fan of young players coming through. I think it's key. I said I mentioned Dave Murray a bunch of times. The boy Law was done brilliant. Um, I think there's uh, other guys come through. I- I'd like to see more of Ben Doak before obviously now he's leaving, Gary So I'd like to see the guys coming through and get a chance. But I would have to account for the fact that, you know, they're going to be up and down. Like, I mean, look at bad when he came in. Mm-hmm. He was a hero. Then Everybody hated him. And he's a hero again. I don't think everybody hated him. I think they you were. <laughs> I to pick up <laughs> a bit of form. Aye. Aye. But there was dips and he was getting a lot of criticism. He was. And then he was a hero again
2: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Like, you know, I, I don't with Starfield. I like, oh, he can be mother. And you're like, oh, Starfield's best defender ever. Because you react at the time, did not you? Because you're emotive. Mm-hmm. And I just worry that if we're trying to filter young players through... I would be concerned about the um, the patience of the fans. Although, that being said, if you're good enough, it shouldn't matter, right?
5: Well, there is the opportunity for people to go and take a look at the B team playing at Celtic Park. I know Airdrie is a bit of a travel for a lot of the West Coast fans, um, some East Coast fans as well. But playing at Celtic Park under the lights on a Tuesday night, £10 entry, it's, it's not a lot. £5 for the kids, bring them along. Um, and let's hopefully get three points on the board in that one. Now, you mentioned someone there, Brian, and I think that's a great segue. Uh, you're talking about players who divide opinion, they have great form, then they slip off, and then they come back. And someone who really divides the, the Celtic fan base is James Forrest. And he's someone who, over the last couple of weeks, has sort of worked his way back into the Celtic squad. He played the game on Monday night. He looks as if he came off with a bit of, a, of an injury but over the last sort of couple of weeks, he is someone who has provided a couple of assists. He's looked as if he's getting back to somewhere near his best. Let's just hope this injury doesn't keep him out for a bit longer. And It'd be great to see him back up to the levels that he was maybe 18 months to two years ago.
4: The interesting thing with Forrest now is that I think he's going to have to change his game. So I think he's going to have to adapt to the fact that he's, he's no as fast as he was. It, it helps his all. Well, I've never been that fast in my life and I'm considerably. <laughs> considerably slow now. I can run into that door without being puffed out, so it's not...
5: It depends if the bell goes for last orders at a bar, then you you suddenly find that extra half yard.
4: Well, he he suddenly (laughs) goes into a sprint, and am my Maeda. But, before us, I think that, I think he's, he's he's tried to adapt his game a little bit, he's not quite doing the bombing runs out wide as as he's only would. And I think if he can do that successfully, he he, he can, he can still have a, a big role to play. I think the key thing for him, is he's so experienced. I think people always, for some reason, I think it's because he looks so young, people always think he is still a young guy, but he's been around for so sole time and he's, mm-hmm. he starts right there with some of the, the best players that I've ever had in terms of you know goals, assists, contributions, trophies, and the teams he's played under. I mean, he, he's a Celtic legend, I think. I, I think he'll go down in that. The question is, is he going to be the answer next season? I don't think he's going to play every game. I think if Jotter are bad or fit, They'll always start before him. I don't seem to be a, a set starter anymore. However, you know, for players looking at him and as an example in training and stuff like that, you've got to say he's a guy you would always have in your, your squad at least. Um, and as I say, I think I've, what he's done in the past couple of weeks, maybe he's, I think he, he, he's sort of been smart enough to, to tweak his game a little bit. Or Ange has sort of told him, and he, he's getting good for it. And I like the fact that yeah, I think he looks as if he was kind of bit an injury the other night. It still kept on. He still works really hard. He, he got his head down, and I, mm-hmm. I think he's a good example for players. Um, they got me. It's just that again, it's, it's that sort of that sort of um, I don't know. What it's recognition bias, you would call it? But it seems like sometimes we're we're far harder. We we take less the players that come through than maybe we should. Maybe Cal McGregor aside, but
5: I, I know we've got some of the statos that that watch along and. Um, they contribute as well. And I'd be interested to see if they could bring up Callan McGregor's heat map from Monday night at some point because I don't know if it was just me that noticed this, but when Celtic were attacking down the right-hand side, you found Callum McGregor sort of slotting in, not quite at the, the right-back position, but in that sort of right-of-defence position with Juranovic playing a bit further forward and then Forrest was the most furthest forward. And it seemed to be that that was the three... That kind of linked up the play down the right hand side. And that was only when we were going down there. You never saw it on the left hand side with Taylor and um, with Maeda. It was always just when it went down the right hand side. And I think a lot of times Celtics' attacks do focus down that side. So I wonder if that is part of the strategy going forward is that Juranovic isn't seen as much of the inverted fullback. He's seen as the overlapping fullback. And Callum McGregor slots into that position. And when you look at it, I thought it was one of Callum McGregor's best performances of the season. Um, on Monday night, he was someone who wanted to go on the ball constantly. He was looking for a pass. He had his head up. Um, he took his goal extremely well. Um, and he, he was kind of getting back to that Kyle McGregor of like the start of the season where if he was like, right, this is great. He's, he's stepping up. He's, he's producing. Um, and... I know that there was others up there from the man of the match, but for me, I thought it was Carden McGregor was definitely um, was right up there, and I wondered how much of that had to be with the fact that we maybe tweaked the tactics a wee bit. Um, Johnny Ryansane potentially playing in the Bruni role. It was a wee bit like that. You, you've seen sort of Scott Brown playing in that position as well. Um, but, yeah, d- definitely something to look at going forward is if we do have Forrest in the team, how much of that is impacted to see in, McGregor and Yuranovich changing their rules.
4: Absolutely I, I agree with that because I think that I mentioned it before we spoke about McGregor's best position and stuff and I said I don't think it's necessarily about his position I think it's about the dynamic of the team so for instance we spoke before um, about Yuranovich being on the left hand side instead of Taylor and I said I thought that was a mistake because you would have him and Jota both cutting inside mm-hmm. it didn't seem to work as a dynamic for me although I agreed Juranovic is good on the left-hand side. And it's the same way on, on, on the right. Before us, you're right. Juranovic wasn't really cutting in as much. It was more that attacking threat. I thought McGregor was really good in the first half with Hitati and O'Reilly because that, that's I think that's the best dynamic in the midfield we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get into the Hitati argument that I had with people because I thought he'd done pretty well in the first half. I thought he made a few mistakes. I don't think he was brilliant. But I think we really missed his energy until the subs get made. Because seeing McCarthy come on and McGregor went further forward, I think that then helped the dynamic. Because Roger could be the sort of 10, they get the, the bomb in eight, and McCarthy controlling. So I think there was a period that maybe wasn't, no, wasn't quite working for, for Callum, but there was a drop-off at the start of the second half. Because I think he really missed um, Hitati's energy. Because you need to remember, it's not good always what guys like hatati are doing on the ball is sometimes more effective off the ball I mean, he's closing down and winning the ball back and means McGregor can get into space to be really effective but he's not there, McGregor's then doing that role as the commentator said, the Bruni role whereas I think actually he's really good at linking up I prefer him in the eight so I think it eh, McGregor like Forrest as we're talking about I think the team dynamics are what dictate how their performances are as opposed to necessarily positions themselves if that makes sense
5: I think it always comes up against the opposition you're playing against as well. I mean, Dundee United are a, a solid team. They don't concede a, a lot of goals. Um, they set up pretty well. They set up the the sort of back five as it was for Celtic to to break it down. Um, but they also did have a bit of a threat, despite not really having a. I don't think they had a single shot on target. But they did oh, look. Well, um, they did look quite dangerous coming forward at times as well. Um. And then I think in that position, when you're playing teams like Dundee United away, if you're playing Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Rangers, the sort of top teams in the league, having McGregor in that holding position is probably his best position because he can link up the play, and as you say, playing it forward to the likes of Hatati and O'Reilly and Rogic or whoever it may be, Turnbull, when he comes back into the squad. That's his perfect position against these teams. But see, when you come up against a sort of Dundee at home or a St Mirren at home, and it's not being disrespectful to them, but they're, they're teams that will only set up with 10 behind the ball or 11 behind the ball. At that point, I think McGregor's wasted playing that defensive midfield role because, and some people will probably put in the comments here, do we actually need a defensive midfield role when you're playing teams like that? This is where you need your your centre-halves to step up. You're looking for someone to sort of make that um, Chris Iyer movement, whether that be Carter Vickers or whether it be Starfield to sort of make the move from centre-half to... The midfield position and then pass it on, so that you don't need that defensive midfielder. You can just play to the three attacking mids and the three forwards.
4: I think so. I I, I see the point behind that. The only thing I would say is that I don't think it's necessarily the, the deeper players like necessarily that defensive. I think they're basically the, the sort of link between defence and midfield. So, for instance, when you get Starfield come out, say, and I'm not having a go on right, but he isn't the greatest in possession at times you need someone there to be there to take the ball off them. Mm-hmm. Even if they run past them; they still need that security of somebody else there. And I think that's why we'll always have that system We had a deeper line player. Um, but you're right, maybe we don't need Callum in there against other teams. You know, you could have maybe like a little bit on and then he could drop into a back for being if they could push up. So there is ways about it. And that's what I mean about the, the dynamics of the team, I think. It's not necessarily about the positions. I think it just depends, as you say, opposition and personnel available. I think certain people work. We certain other people on the team. So, for instance, I thought Taylor was pretty good all night. I thought mm-hmm. it was one of the, the best games he's played for a while. Um, and I, I, but I don't think having are particularly effective in the left. So he almost saw Maeda as a just sort of he was doing the the hitati role as well. He was sort of pressing people. Taylor was very much inside. Whereas look at the other side, sort of outside in, and and Djurava it's overlapping. So I think it, I think almost the the starting eleven will be dictated by not necessarily who's available, but who's going to play in certain positions, and then that will influence the rest of the team. But the good thing is that you know, if we we're having this conversation at the start of the season when we were, we were, you know, the squad was you know so threadbare, actually now we can have probably two or three versions of a strong starting eleven with players in different positions, and it still works really well. So I think it's a, we're in a really good position to be in.
5: Definitely um, and I mean if you said to someone at the start of the season after six games in where we'd won three lost three that come St Paddy's Day you needed six more victories to win the league six six games in a row and you were two games away potentially after that from a treble then somebody would say right hey, what's going on here who's coming in are we bringing a new manager in what's happening it just wasn't the way that it looked as if it was going to be at the start of the season but the transformation that's 30 games and domestic competition unbeaten so far, and it has been an incredible turnaround for managing the squad. And I think by the end of the season, we'll look back at that and we'll say, "Does that potentially that performance away at Aberdeen that totally turned the season right round?"
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's so many points we, we had the discussion kind of the other day about that as well, like key points. And, and you're right; it's it's hard to. I don't think there's any one moment where it seemed to all click and change. One of the, th- the games I never mentioned though we can actually so mention it now was that when we beat um, Real Betis at home, and mm-hmm. as a very sort of second string team, but we beat Betis and all Betis rested a few players. That was still like really good result, especially for the players that played that night. And it showed, I think, that the system works. It just sometimes, you know, depending, obviously if you get your strongest player or slightly better, but it still works. And I think that gave faith to the rest of the squad that actually, if so and so drops out. You walk in, so again you look at it the other night. Beat Dundee United three 0 Scottish Cup quarter final. Ne Kyogo, Ne Jota, Ne Turnbull, Ne Abada. Now, in most other teams, if you're losing, probably four of your best players or certainly three of your best players. That's a massive effect. Whereas that team, I don't have the say we strolled it, but it was more comfortable. It was, it, it, was, it, was, it was comfortable. It was more comfortable than it should have been. Um, I think that's testament again. It almost the almost the system, as much as the personnel, because it's we're just simply finding a way to win, and the players really get that. And it seems like, regardless of who we're playing with the lineup is, it seems there's a, an attitude, a belief of we're um, we going to do this. I remember when um, Gordon Shank was in charge, and it was actually it was Scott McDonald said to me um, that in the last 10 minutes of games, he went, we know teams are going to drop back because they know we're going to score because we're fitter. He says it was a tangible thing where the whole squad knew, regardless of if it was two minutes left, one minute left, we we're going to score a late winner. And that team were famous for it. And that mentality got them through so many games. They overachieved massively, massively, given the the, the talent and the, the, the squad, the things they achieved. And I think you can see, although the football is certainly better, you can see a similar attitude, I think, in that, we're going to win
2: this game. Mm.
4: There's not like 30 seconds to the clock, We're going to win it. And regardless, I've not seen anybody or very few that have played this season who don't seem to have that attitude. And I think that's spectacular and really going to serve as well.
5: There was a period where Celtic couldn't drop Kyogo without dropping points. Now you're kind of getting into this and you're saying, well, Kyogo's coming back into the team. We're, we're looking to strengthen on top of that. But you've also got guys like Mieda, you've got guys like Jota, Abada, all stepping up. Those four players that missed the game on Monday night contributed nearly 50% of Celtic's goals this season, and we still won 3-0. It's crazy, but isn't it? you actually
4: it like smart. that.
5: That's a really good way to put that. Yeah, that's, that's how much we've grew as a squad over the last sort of, I don't know, was has it been now, six months. Um, and you, you can only you hear from... Those that are experts on Ange Postacoglu, that have watched these teams from for years and years, that it's not the first season; that's the best season. It's season two, and if this is how we are just now, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like next year. To be perfectly honest,
4: well, do you know it's interesting you say that, Colin, because I'd mentioned before um, that at the start of the season I didn't really expect much this year. I expected progress, but I, I, at the time I didn't expect us to win the league. I thought it was just it just seemed too big a job. And a part of that was also based on Angie's record. But one of the things I love about the big man, he also talks about challenging himself and improving. And it's not just his teams, he's obviously came here and thought, right, I've never really won it in my first season. I can't not win something this season. And he's ready to win the League Cup, and, you know, at the moment we're favourites for the, the League title. That's incredible. and shows how much he's willing to develop and stay sharp, which, again, as you say, it leads really nice into the season after. And it's one of those things as well, Coming back to your very first point about Karimoko and his future, if you're playing that team, you must have the feeling that there's something special happening. You must think, what could we possibly achieve if we keep on this path, this trajectory? Because, it, you know, it could be fighting and I think that's brilliant.
5: Yeah, and uh, again, hopefully Saturday's a game where we come out, take it to Ross County, get an early goal because I missed us scoring an early goal. It's been a while since we sort of put one in right away um, and then put the pressure onto them you never know what could happen on a Sunday through in the city of discovery so let's see how this one goes at the weekend
4: Colin against Ross County would you start Jay Marcus Yacomacus sorry yes. yes aye so would that some some spectacular talented <laughs> podcasts are called a double for big TV night can't remember who it was
1: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet
2: Not just a media company. iHeartMedia Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: But he was spot on. Um, and Joe, I loved about the goals. And um, I, I don't want to put that comment in as a... to annoy people up at the time because he was getting a bit of grief on the, the chat at the time. But um, I loved how scruffy the goals were. I thought that was brilliant. It's something that we've known we've had for a while. It's just that, you know, it just drops in the right place, he taps it in. And I love that in a striker. And I think um, even if, you know, if Jotter's back, say, I suppose the, the, the temptation would be to put him back in the middle. But I, I was stick by Gigi's first game Ross County. I think he would he thrive. He's a like sort of confidence player as well, don't
5: he? I remember a couple of weeks back on the show, there was me, you, and the non-present today, Kevin Graham, and we were talking about, excuse me, the impact that made and... Jakimakis had made so far and Kev wasn't fully on board with the progress that they'd made and I think you we were sort of on the fence um, and I said to Bofi at the time, they'll finish the season with at least 10 goals each and Jakimakis has one away from it and Omeida's got what, 4 or 5 now and we don't need them to, at the minute if Keogh your main man and you're getting goals from all over the park, you don't really need them to be 20 goal a season strikers But when's the last time we actually had someone that could pop up and score 10 or 15 across the season? We've never had that. We've always relied on one forward. Now you've got three that could potentially do that. And that's a better thing to have as part of the squad. So, yeah, definitely. I don't think you should be making too many changes ahead of this game on Saturday. It will just depend on who's available and uh, who's fit. Speaking about availability, we've got Connor coming in saying, listen to Axom all the time as a podcast on Amazon Music. Other platforms are available. This is the first live stream I've watched. Great work and plenty of topics covered. Cheers again, guys. It was great to have you along, Connor. Uh, Brown Warrior comes in for a good point. We only a couple of signings away from being the complete art- article under hands, definitely need a left-sided centre-back and a quality left wing-back. I think that's probably the areas that most people would agree um, and maybe another winger, depending on what the situation with Jota um, and Abada has come the end of this season. Um, Brian, we've only got 10 minutes left, Julie, but I mean, we've, this is actually breezed in today. We we're talking about Kev not being here and the rest of us having to to scramble together a squad. But we've done so far so good. We're, we must be keeping to the same system. That must be what it is. I
4: mean, it's, it's the same system. And actually, it's, it's been, uh, been seeing some of the comments, some really positive comments as well. Yeah, a few a few exceptions. <coughs> General speaking some nice comments and he made no fellow today, Colin. I know, but Sweet. we can't we can't afford to because we've got nobody else to turn to. to turn. I think maybe it's Kevin's troublemaker, maybe it's all his fault. Maybe he's
5: the yeah, That's it. That's it, Kev. You are on your last one, and that's it. Uh
4: um, yellow Kev, yellow, yellow So a couple of
5: um, not the ten o'clock news items to discuss before we wrap up. We'll keep that topic here even though Kev's not here. First one, one that's just broke in the last um hour or so. The confirmation that the Sydney Super Cup Glasgow Derby, the kick off is eight oh five PM local time, which means that'll be a five past nine in the morning kick off here in Scotland. Brian, you're not gonna get a pub that's gonna show that. That's gonna need to be a house party. It's gonna be a
4: house party, I thankfully the um... Uh, the, the regulations are all you have got all the people in there, so aye, that's going to be a, that's going to be a soreen. A lot of people in their bed be three o'clock, i tell you that.
5: How many people do you reckon is going to be up for the night of four?
4: Oh, I, well, I think he put it on a standard. it's
5: empty already, in, it's an all night. Right? Yeah,
4: yeah, it's fair play to you, you spot on, mate. Um, yeah, I can imagine that could be, that could be carnage for a few quiet neighbours. That, that could be a soreen
5: and I think a lot of people will be taking that Monday off as well but I mean, I, there was always going to be that case Sydney's what 11 hours ahead of us it was always going to be either during the night or at that I guess this is the best time that they can put this on and it will suit the, the local crowd and the, the crowd back here in Scotland
4: Yeah, and ultimately it's the it's benefit and you can I mean you can expect to take the game over there and then expect them to go to a game at nine o'clock in, in a of the morning just so that we could see at a reasonable time, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think it'd be good. Um, this is like, uh, It's like Christmas, isn't it? It's, it's acceptable to drink at that time in the morning. If it's self <laughs> or it's Christmas Day, that's it. Or if you've been up for the night before us, it's something the lads are telling us.
5: Well, you've got to say, I mean, the, the World Cup's on around about that time as well, so you wonder what time the kickoffs will be there. Maybe this is just us easing into it. That'll be it. I, I just like a training session? Exactly.
4: <laughs> pre-season, to I mean, say, sorry, Hey, I'm just going out for a, a pre-season. My pre-season. <laughs> I'll be back on Tuesday?
5: <laughs> Gary Oliver comes in. I hope this isn't the Morton striker, Gary Oliver, because this is no footballer lifestyle. Up at six, breakfast at seven, can crack at eight. A whole hour between your breakfast and the can being cracked. So some, some people go
4: sweet, up Gary, you're, an amateur, <laughs> you're an amateur, ain't Coming to a pre-season.
5: Some people would need, would pour that can over their cereal, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> speaking of international travels, the the squads are out for the next international break. Um, the Scotland squad only has uh, Greg Taylor and Callum McGregor in it. Matt O'Reilly's been called up to the Danish Under-21 squad. Hatati and Maeda have been called up for Japan. Uh, Rodjick, I believe, has been called up for Australia. And the one that probably has caught a couple of people off guard. Um, and it's probably a testament to some of the comments that we are seeing earlier on. Is Carl Starfeld being called up for the Sweden squad? Um, and I think that's great news to see a lot of these players that have been playing well week in, week out, being recognised by their country. But in the same instance, I'd rather they didn't go and I'd keep them at home, wrap them up in bubble wrap and make sure that they're fit for the next six games.
4: I, it's 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 that selfish learning up because you'd want it to come back totally unscathed. But I'm really Starfield's was a good one because I think that that's gonna really help him, you know. I don't mean, I don't know if he seems a confident guy anyway, but you know, it's really vindication for him, these performances. I say I, I see the it in the podcast, I think sometimes he's he's cumbersome in possession. Um, but defensively he, he is solid and he can't derive a defensive record this season. It has been very, very good. So fair play to him. Matt O'Reilly. Um, we all love him in a show. I think he's a, he looks like a fantastic player. Great recognition for him. And again, how good is that for these guys that have came at the club and are getting about international recognition? It's, it's exceptional. All that being said, and we you Colin, I would love them to just sit in the house and watch it. I, I would rather. I don't want to see McGregor play too many minutes. Or, you know, I don't want to see Tati and Mieta play too many minutes. But at the same time, fair play to the guys. You can't begrudge them. I think Ange, is great passionate about players playing for the country. And, and fair play and hopefully they come back with confidence in, in the injuries.
5: I think what it is is it, it's sort of we're talking about that pathway earlier about the, the young players excuse me that would make their way through the youth teams and into the first team. What this shows as well is when you join someone like Celtic it opens up the opportunities for you to play for your national team to play at a high level and what I'm looking at is that's an encouragement for Ans to say to guys that are unsure and, uh, and do you know what there will be players that are unsure about whether to make that move to Scotland or not that's just the way it is but if you can offer things like Champions League football or Europa League football and the opportunity to be scouted by your country to play for for them I mean that should make that conversation a lot easier to say come up to Scotland come up and play for Celtic
4: Absolutely and the other aspect to that is as well and I go back to it: it is the coaching if you look at how we play Most sort of modern progressive teams, especially across Europe, are playing, you know, playing football at the back, playing possession, high press, really strong tempo. So players can come here, develop into that type of player. They've got an easier keyword pathway, even if they do want to uh, move on to another team, as opposed to maybe playing, coming up here, and the football's terrible and blah, 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 that normal reputation. But the football we're playing is hugely attractive. If you're a player, you would love to play in that team, wouldn't you? Surely. Like, Absolutely, it just seems it just seems like a dream, and, and you know, given the work Andrew's done in terms of the, the personalities within the team, it seems like they all really got on as well, which is good. It seems like it's a nice atmosphere. So, so many things to, and apart of fact, obviously Celtic itself, there's so many things that make us an easy sell um, Although I do love the fact that Andrew said, "I'm not selling it to anybody." You play for Celtic, you work play for Celtic, you play. But I need convince you. I'm not interested. Love that. <laughs>
5: That's true. I mean, you take a look at, I don't know if you've you have seen the article by uh, The Athletic, but they actually interviewed um, Matt O'Reilly's mum and dad. And Matt O'Reilly was sort of, he wanted to speak to the manager before deciding on whether to make the move. And he had this whole list of questions all set up. Said the conversation lasted five minutes. Ange knew everything, what to say to him. And straight away, he's like, my bags are packed. I'm going to Scotland. Brilliant. And it's just like that. That's what you're looking forward to is you're looking for players that and inspired by the manager to make that step up here and um, I've got to say I, I'm glad that we made the signing of O'Reilly and not the other guy because it doesn't look as if he's really kicked on to anything over the last couple of months
4: O'Reilly for me looks an absolute player I think you know he, he, there's something really really special about him um, he looks like a top guy and actually I think I think Jota had a similar experience um, I think by all accounts he was he was keen to come to Celtic he was quite keen on it and it's because no, it was sold on it through that conversation with Ange and also the profile of the club. So it's great to see that it's becoming so attractive for these players because and, and I think you can see that I go back to it, the mentality, like O'Reilly, like he could kind have of sat on decent wages and maybe played, maybe no played at Fulham. But he dropped down into MK Dons, played regularly, and now he's got a move where he's enjoying his football, he's got international recognition. He's playing every week and he's seen himself the atmosphere's absolutely blown away. So yeah, it's such an attractive option just now, and, and um, yeah, it's just like it's just such an exciting time to be a, a Celtic fan. And if you took us this time last year, I think we were all um, we were all grey faced and in doom and at the time it was a, a bad situation. But um, what a difference a, a big Aussie in a few months can make!
5: Absolutely. Now, there's one person who is uh, been talked about quite a lot in the comment section, and it's worth bringing up here, um, Gary Oliver, who t- tells me is the, the Morton striker. I hope so because. You better keep that team up this season. They're doing really well under Dougie Henry. Um Ralston not getting a call-up and Patterson getting one is a farce. The fact that Clark's also picked four left-backs is unbelievable. Now, if we were sitting here this time last season moaning about Anthony Ralston not getting a, a call-up, I'd be telling you to go and turn your PlayStation off. This is an incredible turn of form this season. He's spot-on. You look at it, this is two friendly games that Scotland's got coming up against Poland and against the losers of, is it, Wales and Austria, that they'll be playing. So this is the opportunity for guys that should be on the fringes of the Scotland squad to come in and show what they can do. Not guys like Kenny McLean, who are just journeymen in that Scotland squad just to turn up and get a cap and to pick up whatever it is that they get. Guys like Ralston should be given this opportunity to show that there's a reason that they're playing quite regularly for Celtic and there's a reason why Patterson can't get into that Everton team.
4: Absolutely. I think it's 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 crazy that Rawson's no starting I think um, you can argue who's a better player Rawson or Patson, but the reality is Rawson's been playing he's been playing consistently he's been playing in a, a very competitive under pressure environment playing for Celtic and having to win every week and that's is, that is so different to sitting on the bench um, I think Hickney's been, he's bringing it left back, but he can play like
5: on the life back that's an example of a guy who has turned down numerous under twenty one opportunities to step up to the first team and he's going to be given a game. He will
4: yeah, be given a game. And it's unusual for me, like uh, also Clark's done quite well, so you know we we'll need to see how it goes and if it's successful. But yeah, Ralston should have been first choice right back for me. And that's not that's no through bias. If Patterson was playing every week he might have been first choice. If Hickey was playing it at right back for his starting team every week he might. But for me, Ralston's in his position um, he's played a lot of football, he's improved dramatically and I think well, there's not a lot of sentiment in football, we know that, but I think he deserves it, if I'm honest. And I think it'd be it'd be lovely for him and I think it would cap off a, a tremendous season for the guy and and you know, I think everyone would love to go back in time and take back so many comments about him. Um but I I but um I think I think the fact that the you know, the guy's done so well and, and rightly so, and I think everyone's really proud of him and and really backs him and as you see, the fact that we were slating them this time last year and now we're raging he's not going to call up is, is testament to him, testament to Ange and it, it's, it's brilliant, it really is good
5: So we are going to wrap up with one final uh, story from this week and it is a good news story um, just about there was a Celtic fan who went to the game on Monday night against Dundee United and missed his supporters bus back home and um, so there was a search party sent out for him. He was kind of put up as being um missing and was found in Camba's Lang at one o'clock the following afternoon with the clothes on for the night before, still sitting at the pub. I can only imagine the text that he'd have been getting from his missus once his phone was turned back on. But I mean, this is the kind of thing he is in our pre season plan he right. He's pre-season getting
4: come. the Sydney Super Cup. Aye, aye So I can't remember, was it Gary Elliot was commenting Right Gary here's an example That's how you do it um, Fair play to the boy He's trying I don't know if that will fly With the, the domestic life The domestic spot, but, but good effort Mate And um, fair play to. Glad you were found And you were found safely And happy
5: He probably had one of them t-shirts On If found Return to the pub <laughs> <laughs> now, it's been great Having you along um, This afternoon uh, with Miss missed Kevin But you'll be back next week uh, we'll hopefully have the three of us back for the Wednesday bulletin. If you've enjoyed what you've seen today, leave us a thumbs up on the video below. That really helps with the YouTube algorithm, um, and leave a comment as well because that helps us too. Share this video with your pals, with your friends, your family, everybody. People you don't like, as Kevin says, but I mean, we like everybody here at Axon. It's a club open to all, it's a podcast open to all. We have been, um, it's been great having everybody along. We'll be back next week and PG and JP will be back tomorrow with your Thursday show. Until then, take care and a massive hail hail.